Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is September 27th. Yes, this is week four of the 2022 NFL season. We're almost a quarter of the way there uh, after this week. Uh, anyway, uh, my name is Michael Nazareth. I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me, once again, a very experienced fantasy football player, writer, a, a, Extraordinaire, everything. Really good friend of mine too, Chris Rito. How you doing tonight, Chris? Wonderful, sir. But you had to say quarter of the way through. I mean, that that's just depressing. You make it sound like it's almost over. It seems like we just started. Uh, stop that kind of talk. We want we want to talk about playing more and more weeks. Maybe an eighteen week, twenty week season. Let's go. <laughs> it's been a very strange season. You know, I'm a stud running back believer, and my stud running backs are not doing well, or a couple of them have been injured, and. And I tell you, if you you uh, follow the zero running back theory right now, you're doing pretty well. I don't have a three and O team in the bunch, and it's uh it's it's frustrating a little bit. But you know, this is why we play the games, people. You know, uh, strategies come and go. Uh, but uh, you know, I I think we're going to get a little bit back on track here. Uh, a little bit better matchups for some of the key running backs out there this week. Anyway, let's get right to the news and notes. Um, well, uh, Mac Jones, a really severe high ankle sprain uh, for the quarterback in New England. Uh, they're not saying anything, but he's probably going to be out a month. Uh, not sure if Belichick's going to put him on IR, but at least a couple of weeks here. Brian Hoyer is your backup, and he's going to be starting. So what's the uh, fantasy impact, Chris, for this team, this entire offense? What, uh, what happens with Brian Hoyer at quarterback? Well, Brian Hoyer is like a walking pick six as far as I'm concerned. So, I mean, you can you can start to really jack up the uh, the, the rankings for the opposing fantasy defenses uh, for the next few weeks at least. Um, I don't I don't I mean he's a competent game manager, but boy, it's not that offense already wasn't very explosive, and this is just going to hurt it even more. I did hear an interesting rumor. I saw it on a, on a, a website or, or a news report today that it's not entirely impossible that Belichick's going to bring Cam Newton back. He's familiar with the playbook, and he spoke glowingly of him when they when they released him uh, uh, last year. So that would certainly be far more interesting to me from a fantasy perspective than, than anything Brian Hoyer could offer. It. You know, what's what's Brian Hoyer? I think he might even be older than Tom Brady. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was looking back on his stats, and uh, the last time he played a full full game, or at least a couple of games, was 2017 at the with the 49ers, and in six games he threw four four touchdowns and four 
picks and barely averaged 200 yards of passing a game. So that there's, that's what you're looking at, people. In New England, about 200 yards passing and maybe three-quarters of a touchdown per game. And if that happens uh, this week, then, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Newton is called and uh, comes to the rescue. Uh, Superman uh, is going to be called. I don't know if that's going to work, what's going to happen there, but you know, I know that Belichick's not going to stand for it if they, if they just tank this week and, and don't do anything. And, of course, you've got to downgrade everybody. Devonta Parker had a breakout game uh, for the Patriots. Uh, well, now he's, he's in, the, in, the, in the heap with everybody else. Jacoby Myers might not even play. We'll get to him in a little bit. But, you know, it's not looking for good for New England moving forward. All the running backs, they're going to stack the box there, too. So Harrison and Stevenson are going to have trouble. Let's move on over to, to Minnesota where, uh, yep, Dalvin Cook's shoulder popped out again, dislocated it. Uh, they immediately ruled him out when it happened late in the game. Uh, he's listed his day-to-day, and because this has happened so so uh, so often, they, you know, just put it back in there. It's a, it's a pain tolerance issue. He's going to be wearing a harness. Uh, they're playing in London with, uh, against the Saints, a tough matchup. Uh, fantasy impact, uh, Chris Alexander Madison. What what's your your take on the situation in Minnesota? Well, if, if Cook sits, Madison still is a low end uh, running back one, uh, even against a tough matchup like this. I think he basically takes the place of Dalvin Cook and puts up very similar stats. The interesting thing about Cook here is, like you said, he's had this shoulder injury a bunch of times before. Um, he's played with the harness and played very well, quite frankly, with the harness uh, the few times he's done so. The thing is, everyone seems to keep forgetting is that most of the time when he's had this happen, he's missed a week, then come back with the harness and played really well. So I, I would probably tend towards saying he, he might not play this week, especially with the long travel, you know, stiffening up in that eight, nine-hour plane ride. So uh, my guess is Dalvin Cook will not play this week. Madison is a worthy fantasy start in the, mat, in the tough matchup. But I would not rule him out. Like you said, he said he thinks he's going to play. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I agree with you. It makes perfect sense when you've got a guy like Alexander Madison that can almost duplicate what, what Dalvin Cook can do. Uh, why, why take that chance? Especially this is not a home game. This is uh, the ultimate road game, uh, long, a long flight across the pond there. Uh, it really makes no sense. Uh, you know, let him let him rest up a couple of weeks here, uh, and uh, you know, get back in, in playing shape. And like you said, when he comes back, usually off these injuries, you know, last time he did it, he ran for like 200 yards and two or three scores. So, uh, you know, uh, there it's not like they don't have anyone to replace him. So, anyway, moving on over to uh, there's a couple other uh, injuries here to talk about uh, in Chicago. David Montgomery is quickly ruled out with knee-slash-ankle injuries on second carry of the day. Uh, he's listed as day-to-day. Kelly Herbert had himself a game over 150 yards rushing, bigger, biggest game uh, of his career and bigger than any game that David Montgomery's rushed for. Fantasy impact here, uh, Chris. Uh, is Herbert given the chance to, to take over here for good, or what's, what's going to happen, you think, in Chicago? They love running the football there. They do, and I know we had talked about this in some of our preseason previews, and I mentioned him, I think, as one of my uh, picks to click a couple weeks ago. I love Khalil Herbert in this offense. He really, his style of running fits it better than David Montgomery. He just hasn't been given a chance. Montgomery's been monopolizing all the touches. I think Herbert really has a chance to be very fantasy-friendly for the next couple weeks, uh, at least, uh, until Montgomery gets back. And after that, he could be in a full-blown running back by committee, because Herbert's frankly looked better in the limited touches than Montgomery has while dominating the touches. So uh, I think Herbert's absolutely an add and a start uh, with that high-volume running offense. 
uh, until uh, until further notice. Because frankly, he did really well before, also filling in for Montgomery when he was given a full time gig for a few games. There you go. If you own David Montgomery, you should also own Kelly Herbert. But if you don't and he's out there, grab him immediately off the waiver wire. Because even if uh, Montgomery does come back and play, he'll be limited. And, of course, he gets re-injured again. There you go, Kelly Herbert to the rescue. Uh, okay, the next injury I just had to mention, because this is my team, the New York Giants. Uh, you know, it had been 2-0, and 2-1, and and I didn't really expect them to beat the Cowboys. It was a very competitive game. And then when it became clear that they weren't going to win that game, they just don't have enough firepower at the wide receiver position the last play of the game, basically, for the Giants on offense, uh, you know, uh, Sterling Shepard. I mean, I was looking at the tape, and I don't know what happened. I mean, it's, it's, it is artificial turf and all, but it's, it's a non-contact injury. He didn't even cut. He just was jogging down the field, and boom, torn ACL. Goes down, done for the season. Um, what's, what, what's, your, what's your fantasy impact here, uh, Chris, for the Giants passing game? And I'll, I'll give you my thoughts after, after that because this is my team. <laughs> Wait, did the Giants have a passing game? When did this occur? Uh, I'm not aware that they had one. So that's that's kind of a it's 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 yeah it's the lone decent cog in a, in a machine that really isn't working very well. So you look at the guys that were catching passes even before Sterling Shepard got hurt. You know Richie James, David Sills, Daniel Bellinger. Who the hell are these guys? Nobody's ever heard of them. Uh, Galladay has been a non-factor. Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson, I think, will be the two guys once they both get back on the field. So um, losing Shepard Hurts, definitely Daniel Jones. I don't think this is going to give a, a pathway for Kenny Galladay to suddenly have fantasy relevance again. He's just not proven to be in, in the right place in the coach's mind, and certainly he hasn't done anything in his limited snaps. So I think Kadarius Toney uh, and, and to a lesser extent, Wandale Robinson are guys you should pick up off your waiver wire, stash on your bench for when they're healthy, because by necessity they're going to get a, a huge increase in the volume of touches for a team that really needs somebody to catch the ball. Yeah, they uh, they talked to Brian, Brian DeBull after the uh, the game, and he was just, you know, heartbroken for Sterling. And, and even OBJ, former teammate of uh, Sterling, said, uh, hey, uh, the U.S. need to play on grass. This is crazy. You know, billionaire industry, uh, all the uh, fields should be natural grass, and I can't argue that, but – yeah, with the Giants, it's um, you know Wandrell Robinson might might end up being the number one there. Uh, Kadarius Tony's had his issues with the coaches, uh, even when he's been healthy, he's been seeing limited snaps there. David Sills, really, uh, you know, you're like you say, really nobody knows who this kid is. Richie James had a little bit of success in the 49er and all, but Kadarius, hey, uh, 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 I'm sorry, Kenny Galladay, uh, I think he's done. I mean, you know, three targets, uh, you know, dropped them all. Uh, on, on the, he made one nice catch and it was called back on a penalty. <laughs> so maybe Darius Slade might get a shot. You know, I, I just need it, it, it. Saquon is back, but he can't do it all by himself. Daniel Jones can run and all, but they need to. They have two uh, areas of need: offensive line. They need to improve that. So Daniel's not running for his life all the time. I mean, when you give him the ch- the time, you know, he can make accurate throws and make good decisions. But they also need pass catchers that can get open, uh, you know, and that's another thing uh, that they need to work on and give them another year or two to hopefully, you know, make better draft picks or make 
some trades or whatnot. But at least my team, uh, they're two and one right now. I don't know where they're going to end up, but hopefully there won't be another you know six and eleven team or five and twelve or something like that. Uh, it's just you know gives me a little bit of hope that they you know that they, that Barkley is playing so well. Uh, hopefully he stays uh, healthy. That's the big thing. Anyway, moving on over before I get to the list of injuries, of course, everybody uh, should remember that Mike Evans is going to be back from suspension. He was suspended one game for fighting last week. So you can put him back in your lineup. It's going to be a very interesting uh, uh, matchup this week uh, for the uh, the Bucks. They, uh, that's a, yeah, they're playing Kansas City. Oh, that's going to be a Sunday, Sunday night game of the week. <laughs> very interesting. They're going to need Mike Evans in that game. Okay, uh, the list of injuries. Uh, oh, by the way, our sponsorship uh, says FanDuel continues, so uh, they are a sponsor. I've got another message uh, for the people here in a little bit after this list. Uh, Dak Prescott, uh, flexing the hand, got the stitches taken out. The thumb, uh, unlikely to play this week, but he might actually be able to play in week five. Uh, so, uh, you know, Cooper Rush doing much better than I thought he would uh, and actually being uh, productive there. CeeDee Lamb dropped a pass, but then he made a great catch. That's how it all is. You drop the easy ones and catch the hard ones for the score. Uh, but, you know, uh, so Cooper is doing his thing there. Um, anyway, moving on over to Miami Tua Tagaloa. Uh, back and ankle injuries uh, limited on Tuesday, which is today. Uh, he's probably, they say he's going to be questionable, but I think if he can get in a close to a full session tomorrow, he'll play on Thursday night. We'll see there. Uh, Zach Wilson with a knee in New York for the Jets. Uh, looks like he might end up coming back and playing this week and making his debut. We'll see. Joe Flacco, all that quarterback controversy, and that went up in flames when he threw a stinker of a game last week. Uh, another major injury, running back DeAndre Swift, uh, shoulder. He had one of these sprains last year. Uh, well, he sprained uh, again this year, and he looks like uh, they're probably going to miss two games, and that will get him to the bye in week six. So it might, might be uh, Jamal Williams leading that team for the next two weeks, and then they're off in week six and in week seven. Swift probably comes back there, so make other plans there if you own Swift. Uh, Keenan Allen uh, with the hamstring. He seemed like fairly close to playing this past week, but he didn't. He's going to practice this week and could play. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Jalen Waddell uh, was on the, on, the, on the injury list with the groin. He was limited today in practice, but it looks like he's going to play on Thursday. I already mentioned Jacoby Myers up in the air there. I don't think you can start him anyway, even if he uh, say, plays somehow in that, with that knee injury. Uh, Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry, foot and ankle injuries, not deemed serious for the Saints. Uh, they're going to need them when they play the Vikings in London this week. We'll see if they can make the trip there. Chris Godwin, the hamstring, uh, we'll see if he can practice this week. The good news in Tampa, they expect Julio Jones with that knee to, to play this week, and they're going to need him against the Chiefs. Hunter Renfro with a concussion. His status is uncertain there. Uh, everyone's running out and grabbing Mac Hollins. Uh, two big weeks of targets there. The playing time hasn't r- really increased that much for Hollins, but he's making the plays uh, like other receivers are dropping balls, namely, namely uh, Keelan Cole right in the end zone there. Yeah, the next one went right to Mac Hollins in the corner. Uh, almost tied the game. They, they didn't get the two-point conversion. And the home team here is 0-3, the only 0-3 team here in Vegas in the NFL. Uh, not good there. Uh, Rondell Moore for the, with the hamstring over in Arizona is still uncertain there. A.J. Green with the knees not expected to play this week, most likely not. Uh, Michael Gallup didn't make his uh, debut on Monday night, but looks like uh, you know he's probably on track to play this week along with teammate Dalton Schultz with that PCL injury. Hopefully he'll make it through the the, uh, the week and be able to play. We'll see. Dallas Goddard with a shin injury. He left and then came back in the game for the Eagles. Um, didn't play much in the second half, but he did play. Uh, fingers crossed there. I own him a couple places there. And Harrison Butker looks like he'll be able to play 
uh, with that sprained ankle this week kick. They got rid of Matt Amendola, who uh, missed some kicks last week for the, so the Chiefs need their big kicker back. And anyway, we want to mention once again FanDuel uh, Promotion. They are a sponsor of our show now for the next several weeks, most of the season here. And uh, anyway, we want to remind everyone, check them out. Tackle millions in prizes all football season long in FanDuel's Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now, new customers get a free single-game entry when you sign up for FanDuel. Single-game contests are a great way to get in on the action for this week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five-player lineup and put your best player in the MVP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel, you can also play full-slate contests featuring multiple games, season-long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you'll get paid fast. And I I can guarantee that because I have played them. Not recently, but I have, uh, and they paid immediately there. So kick off uh, fantasy football, uh, fantasy season if you haven't already with a free single game entry. Just download the FanDuel Fantasy app and sign up with promo code Mastermind. Yep, that's M A S T R M I N D Mastermind. That promo code Mastermind to get your free single game entry. All right, and we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we want to urge everyone to come to our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good free stuff on there, including our flagship feature, NFL free uh, quick bits, news items as they break. Of course, we're still producing free Ina Sky scouting reports on, on the teams in the NFL, including the Colts uh, from Chris Rito. Uh, just posted his first report for the week, a review of last week, later in the week, the preview of the next week's games coming. Our weekly fantasy newsletters at this moment, Tuesday night, is still $39.95. However, we're going to be prorating that tomorrow. So if you're listening to this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, you're going to be paying uh, a lot less a proration amount, a special discount. I'm not going to say what it is right now, but check the website, ffmastermind.com. And please follow me on Twitter at ffmastermind. All right, picks to click and flick for week four. That's right, four. These are guys that you want to consider getting into your lineup or uh, throwing on your bench. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like this week, Chris, and why. So a couple of guys you're probably not going to start except the DFF. I'll start with Jacoby Brissett. He looked pretty good in that game last Thursday, actually, leading the team to a big divisional win. And this week he faces a Falcon team that's been pretty good against the run and very bad against the pass, despite playing several teams that are very run-heavy and not very gifted quarterbacks. He's actually kind of similar in style to Geno Smith, 
and Smith lift him up last week for 325 and two scores. And, you know, for whatever it's worth, he's faced the Falcons once in his career as a starter. He had one of his best games as a starter, throwing for 310 and two scores in a win in 2019 for the Colts. And then I really like Jimmy G on Monday night this week. He's coming off a clunker versus Denver. He faces the Rams team that has been far more generous to the quarterback uh, than Denver has, uh, allowing the fifth most points per game so far. Jimmy G's also got a pretty good history against the Rams and Sean McVay, amazingly going 6-0 and against them in his career and posting a pretty respectable 260 yards per game and two scores in those wins, averaging just a hair under 20 points per game for fantasy. And he has better receiving options now than he ever had in any of those games, plus a healthier Kittle than he had last week. Okay. Uh, a couple of quarterbacks I like this week. Joe Burrow, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, the, you, do you know the Dolphins have given up 931 yards passing in three games? Yeah, that's uh, well over 300 yards uh, per game. Burrow's got a lot of ta- targets there. All, they're all healthy right now. Chase Higgins, uh, Boyd, uh, who scored on the long uh, pass last week. Uh, so if you got Burrow, start him with, uh, with uh, confidence on Thursday night. Uh, now, this next one. People have been suffering, and I've been suffering. I've been in a couple of leagues. Russell Wilson, yeah, I know. Two touchdown passes in three weeks, that's not good. But guess what? He gets the soft Raiders secondary this week. I think he throws at least a couple in this game. So if you got him and you have a bad, uh, you're the guy who's got a tough matchup, then uh, start Russell Wilson. I think he's going to rebound and finally break that 20-point barrier. Yep. Anyway, a couple of guys I'm concerned about in that game. Denver plays the Raiders, and, of course, Derek Carr. Well, you saw what Denver did to Jimmy G. Uh, Carr is going to struggle. I think he's going to be limited by the Broncos in this game. Very easily, the uh, Raiders could go 0-4 in this game. Uh, Maybe 225 yards passing and a score. That's not good enough to start, so you sit him. And my caution play of the week, uh, because the Bucks are not going to make it easy on him, is Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, obviously we're, we still rank him there mid-QB1, but uh, he's not going to go off. Uh, and it could be a low-scoring, rather low-scoring game this week for Patrick. So if you got him, you know, start him and cross your fingers and hope that he does, you know, okay. Um, all right, Chris, how about a couple of guys you're not crazy about at quarterback and why? I'll do a couple of caution plays. I'll start with Matthew Stafford in that same Monday night game. Conversely to Jimmy G, Stafford has struggled versus San Francisco in his career. He's lost five of his six starts, including both games last year as a Ram. His stats in the two games last year were two of his three lowest yardage totals of the season, and he threw two interceptions in each of those two losses. For all Stafford's talent and supporting cast, he has barely been a quarterback two so far this year, 16 points per game behind guys like Mac Jones, Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett, and Baker Mayfield, believe it or not. Uh, So facing the number two defense at limiting the fantasy quarterback, allowing just 12.5 points per game, that's going to drop him even lower in my rankings. Another caution play is Justin Herbert. Um, The way the Chargers O-line and wide receivers are beat up, I'd be surprised if they let him drop back too often unless they really have to. And with Houston's run defense and the unlikelihood of playing from behind against the Texans, I'd say they probably won't have to that much this week. Houston's only allowed two passing touchdowns so far through three weeks, and even fewer completions than all but three other teams. So I look for low volume and therefore lower fantasy value than usual for Justin Herbert. Okay. How about a couple of running backs you like and why? I'll start with his teammate in the backfield. Again, they're going to run. Austin Eckler, he's due for a breakout game, and nothing shouts breakout for a fantasy running back more than seeing the Texans. They've allowed over 25 points per game to running back so far, second in the league, and two running backs with games over 150 yards rushing already. Houston's been gashed for 30 yards per game more than the number two run defense in the NFL. So 
So Eckler should get off the schneid, get some ground yards finally, and his first score after getting 20 last year. He is still leading the NFL running backs in targets, catches, and receiving yards. So with that very high PPR floor, even an average rushing day and some TD action vaults him into elite status this week. And a little sneakier play, I like Travis Etienne this week. Um, slowly but surely, he's getting more snaps each week, and he's truly in a timeshare with Robinson, who's had the bigger fantasy performances so far. But don't sleep on Etienne. He's been close to breaking a few and scoring more than a few times. Uh, I think the Eagles offense will likely have Jacksonville being aggressive as well. So I look for more passing situations, which ETN has dominated. Philly's also allowed among the most running back targets and catches, so he could be in line for a nice PPR haul. And really, aside from one big run by Swift uh, in week one, the Eagles' run defense is allowed under four yards per carry and among the fewest rush attempts in the NFL. So I think this swings that running back shift away from Robinson towards ETN. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, I'm going to stick with Denver, Javonta Williams. I know Gordon got the score last week, but Javonta, I think, is going to get his first score on the Raiders. Uh, that's a good matchup for him. And, uh, of course, uh, Detroit has been playing very well. No Swift this week. That means Jamal Williams uh, is going to get almost all of it uh, with a little bit of Craig Reynolds mixed in. But uh, Williams scored twice last week. Guess what? He's playing Seattle this week. Yeah, he's going to run all over them, probably score one to two times again. So if you got him, stick him in your lineup. Uh, so on autoplay this week. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, uh, Jeff Wilson. Uh, the Rams do play the, t- the, the, uh, the run tough, so uh, you know, temper your expectations there. And uh, surprisingly, the Jaguars have only allowed 141 yards rushing in three games, and uh, so that makes Miles Sanders, who also splits carries and, and touches in that backfield, uh, not a, such a good play this week, uh, at least not in my book. How about you, uh, Chris, uh, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? Yeah, not big on Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He scored a few air touchdowns early, made it look like CEH was back on the fantasy radar, but his snaps are not even number one in his own team at running back, and his touches show him to be in a full-blown committee with Jarek McKinnon. He's not top eight carries or 12 touches yet, and so with that low of a volume, he is very touchdown dependent on fantasy success. This week he's facing a Bucks defense that's allowed a league-low eight points per game to running backs in total and no touchdowns through three games and the second-fewest running back receiving yards in the NFL. It's just too risky and too low of a floor for CEH. And I don't like Josh Jacobs either. Uh, he's been a volume hog for sure, but he's been very inefficient, and he really needs to find pay dirt for fantasy value, and he hasn't scored yet this year. The Broncos, meanwhile, have allowed the second-fewest fantasy points per game to running backs, the second-fewest rushing attempts, and no TDs of any kind to a running back. So for the first two seasons of his career, Jacobs killed the AFC West. But since the start of last year, he has been held under 50 yards in five of the seven divisional games and only scored three times in those seven games, well below his career averages. This does not look like the week for him to have his breakout. Yep. How about a wide receiver? A couple of wide receivers you like this week. Uh, I love Amari Cooper again. Falcons have played three games, and the six starting receivers have averaged 21 PPR points per game so far this year, with Alpha Dogs averaging 25 points per game and scoring five touchdowns. That alone should be enough, but Cooper is also settling in as Brissett's only real outside target and his back-to-back 24-point PPR games, each with over 100 yards and a touchdown. Both of these trends suggest that this is, not, this is going to continue in week four, especially with Cleveland having some extra rest and prep time and Atlanta coming off a very long road trip to Seattle. And then a guy I like is, another guy I like is Brandon Cook. He's among the league leaders in targets at 10 per game, but this hasn't converted to fantasy success yet. He has an unsustainably low 45% catch rate, and he's 0% on four end zone targets. Sooner or later, this is going to rebound and come regress to the norm. 
This looks like a good week because he faces the Chargers secondary that has allowed amongst the most targets and catches to wide receivers and five touchdowns already to the position. I think that reduced pass rush due to some injuries might give Mills a little more time to find his favorite target as well. He's a guy with wide receiver one PPR upside in a favorable matchup despite some early season underperformance. Yeah, I agree with you with Cooks. I've got him on a couple of teams, and yeah, <laughs> he's due. Okay, a couple of guys I like this week. Gabriel Davis uh, not didn't have, didn't have such a bad, good game last week. Well, guess what? He's going to be needed to beat the Ravens this week. I think it's going to be a fairly high-scoring game. Uh, so uh, look for uh, other guys rather than just uh, Stephon Diggs getting uh, uh, catches and scores. And Deontay Johnson, uh, I don't think he scored this year, has he? Uh, Anyway, I think he's going to score against the Jets this week. Uh, it's a good, very good matchup. So, you, you, of course, you're going to start him, but I think he's going to produce well for you. A couple of guys I'm, I'm concerned about this week. Allen Robinson's kind of been up and down, uh, only uh, two short catches last week. Well, he's facing the 49ers, and we all know about, you know, uh, Stafford's problems there. Only Cooper Cup is sustainable when they have issues there. So, uh, I would sit Robinson this week. And, of course, Jacoby Myers, he's got that knee injury and Mac Jones's ankle injury. That equals fantasy bench. That's all I'm going to say there. How about you, Chris, a couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why this week? i got two caution plays that you're still going to absolutely be starting under most circumstances. I'll start with Jamar Chase. Two weeks in a row, shutdown shadow corner has let him total only 83 yards and a score despite 19 targets. Not because he's not very capable, but it's because he has a good quarterback with other good 1A targets like T. Higgins to go to. Now, Xavier Howard is going to shadow Chase this Thursday. So I expect Burrow to continue to feed Higgins and Boyd, maybe even Hayden Hurst, rather than force it in. I think the short week also lends itself to focusing on the ground game, especially in an attempt to slow down the Dolphins' offense a bit, so the Bengals' air volume might be low unless this turns into a track meet. And another guy I'm not real keen on is DK Metcalf. I know he had a breakout week last week, but Jeff Okuda for, for the Lions has been matched up with Devonta Smith, Terry McLaurin, and Justin Jefferson in the first three weeks. Their total stats when lined up against Okuda Five catches, 36 yards, no touchdown. And he has 18 tackles despite only giving up five catches. The newest quiet shutdown corner gets overlooked because of Detroit's overall pass weakness. So I think with Metcalf as the main threat, he's likely going to draw a lot of Akuda, um, even though he's a bigger receiver than he's faced so far. So I just think his numbers are going to be reduced and make him a caution play this week. Okay. Um... Wow, I did not know that, but it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, how about a tight ends? A couple of tight ends you like this week? Uh, I like T.J. Hawkinson in that same game. The Seahawks have not allowed a lot of catches to the tight end and only one touchdown, but they've allowed a lot of deeper and longer passes to the tight ends, which suits a guy like Hawkinson more than some other guys at the position. He's also averaging eight targets per game at home over the last two years and under six targets per game on the road, so he definitely likes playing in Motown. Um, I like him to post his best PPR numbers of the year this week, maybe even score for the second straight week. Uh, another interesting note, 11 of his 13 career scores have come indoors, so he definitely likes playing uh, uh, under the non-natural lights. So, uh, uh, then I also like George Kittle this week. I mean, I know the whole team stunk on, on Saturday Night Football. We talked about that. But Kittle played 91% of the snaps right off the bat out of his injury and almost a 20% target share, which bodes really well for a game against the Rams this week. Kittle has always done really well versus the Rams. He's scored in six of his last eight in this series, and he's averaged 90 yards per game, and he scored a TD in all four of his career home games against the Rams, aside from his quiet rookie year opener. Uh, don't be dissuaded by an ugly game in week three. Play Kittle fearlessly this week and expect a big rebound. Okay. Um, 
couple of tight ends I like this week. Damon Joku coming off a huge game on Thursday night uh, when he had only like three or four catches the entire season. Uh, well, guess what? He gets the Falcons this week, and they're struggling against a tight end. So in addition to Mari Cooper, it's going to be the David Njoku show in the passing game of the Cleveland Browns. So start them if you need them. Robert Tanyan, uh, Patriots have allowed four tight end touchdowns in three games. Yep. So Robert Tanyan is going to be needed because you've got Sammy Watkins on IR. you got Christian Watson might not play. Romeo Dubes, of course, everyone's running out and grabbing him. But um, uh, I think Tanyan is going to be peppered with uh, – with uh, with targets like he was last week, and it's got a very good chance to score in this game. A couple of other guys I'm be concerned about: Irv Smith. Uh, the Saints play the tight end very well. I think you're going to limit him. And of course, Cole Komet. Uh, his time may be coming because he caught two passes for 40 yards, lead the team last week. But I don't think it's going to come against the Giants this week. So you sit him until he does something more like more than 50 yards and probably possibly a score. We'll see if Justin Fields uh, can get the football to him and and at least uh, get some kind of positive thing going there. A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I'll start with Tyler Higby. Uh, he's been a pretty consistent, solid, high number two in PPR, but he faced two, the top two teams in tight end generosity so far this year, and he racked up some points, again, with an easy matchup. This week he faces a 49er squad that's only given up five receptions to the tight end so far in three games and under 10% of the total reception. So, Higby, again, very matchup dependent, and this is a very poor matchup on paper. So he probably stays off the starting radar. Although I should say, to be fair, he had two great games against them last year. So I'm, I'm thinking that means he's probably not going to sneak up on him either. So they're going to be paying attention to him. And then I don't like Logan Thomas. Um, Dallas is pretty stingy against everyone right now, but they've really shut down the tight end through three games with the fourth fewest yards and no touchdowns yet. And Thomas is only averaging three catches for 35 yards over the last two full seasons. So he's been more hyped than production so far, despite Wentz throwing the ball all over the place like a few other teams have. And, you know, for all his skills, I was surprised. I looked at this. Aside from that magical 2020 season where he lit everyone up, he's only had two games with more than three receptions in his nine-year career. Why is everyone expecting so much from him? Wow. That's uh, that's uh, that's amazing. I can't believe that stat, but, yeah. Uh, I had Logan Thomas going in a couple of places last week, and, well, yeah, he didn't do it. So back to the bench you go, especially with that tough matchup. All right, one-hit wonders, a kicker in defense. Hit me with him, Chris. Got a big shocker here. I'm going to go with Joey Sly. Washington is the only team to not even try a field goal yet this year, but they faced three of the best five teams in not allowing a field goal attempt. This week is Dallas, who's allowed four field goals a game this year. I think Joey Sly gets off the schneid and has a big game, including a long one. And then Brett Maher. Uh, he's only 11% owned despite being in the top 10 in points per game, and he's facing a team that is top 10 in points allowed to kickers. A soft defense kicking indoors, both pluses as well. Then a couple of defenses I like, uh, uh, kind of off the beaten path. I like Houston against the Chargers at home. They're top seven in sacks and interceptions, and they're facing a team that's going to travel, will be missing two offensive linemen, possibly two of their top four receivers, and an injured quarterback. This looks like a good recipe for some fantasy success. And I like the Vikings over in London against New Orleans. Uh, the Saints have just been hemorrhaging fantasy points to the defense, and the Vikings have been better than a lot of people realize while facing three very good offenses so far. D travels better than O across the ocean, so I like the D. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 5 preview. Good night and good luck to everyone this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge.
with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir.